Ew, what's up, Sam? Hey, Nathan. What's up? Uh, just hanging, hanging in Richmond. What's going on with you? Mm-hmm. I'm in the dark and gloomy Baltimore. It is seriously depressing outside. It's like yeah, crazy cloud cover over here too. Oh, let me open my window here. Yeah, yeah, I, it's uh, pretty cloudy. This is the I first time I've looked out the window I today. Sessions later today, and uh, apparently it's supposed to be clear by two three o'clock when i need to be in dc so well, that's cool. gonna go with it yeah had a session yesterday it's just back and forth that's awesome it's a, it's a good i think it's a good time to do sessions actually right after christmas everybody's feeling good um it's not terribly freezing cold yeah no a lot of these were rescheduled from like a week and a half or two ago when it was crazy cold and miserable yeah. Uh, that would have been far worse. So, and at least with overcast skies, you have a lot more flexibility as to where you can be. And if it's partly cloudy, that's my favorite. But, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So how was your Christmas? Get anything cool? Um, yeah. Well, at, Abby got me a, uh, N64, <laughs> which I now, thought was awesome. Is that hilarious. modified to connect to an HDMI somehow that have some sort of all thing? original? So I'm going to have to figure it out, which I'm excited about, actually. I'm sure there's a way. I'm sure it's probably fine. I I was, yeah, I got the NES Classic and was really uh, excited about uh, Nintendo stuff for a a couple weeks. And I just, I'm I'm hoping, and I can't imagine them not releasing an N64 version of, like, you know, what they did with the NES. That would be amazing a dozen built-in games or something yeah. an hdmi outport um there's a rumor that they may do it every single year and the next one would be the snes snes oh equally as cool yeah it just kind of sucks that they're choosing for you like what games will be installed but sure i kind of admire the you know the the limitation because you don't yeah. see that these days it's kind of like have whatever you want always and nintendo's not they're they're going to choose yeah. for you. I think that's cool. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of back in the day where you had to decide, you know, what game you're going to... You have to go out there, go out to a GameStop or something and find it, you know, if something was coming out and it wasn't, there weren't that many of them. And so you just grabbed a cartridge and that's all you could play for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. Which was kind of cool. That, I bet you a lot of people discover games that they uh, wouldn't have otherwise picked or chosen for themselves just because it was all that was there or what have you yeah and, I've, um, I've been thinking about that with uh dvds as well lately because uh i was over mm-hmm. at my mom's house this you know obviously over over um christmas time and um there's just a bunch of old dvds from back in the day like gladiator and boondock saints and the uh, ring forgot about boondock saints yeah so good so i i swiped a bunch of those and i'm gonna watch them but it's interesting i don't know i don't really have a large dvd collection at all i think i have probably 10 movies or something like that even for a person that's completely obsessed with movies like me it it just struck me as odd that i didn't have that many dvds um but you know i have netflix now and uh hbo and hulu and you know and, and Apple Apple TV too. I just think that it's it's weird that it, it it was cool. I guess what I was what I'm getting at is that it was kind of interesting to look in a cabinet and see these are the only available 
movies to watch. <laughs> yeah. And we kind of had to figure one out. And we ended up picking a, me and my sister ended up picking a VHS of um, Shawshank Redemption to watch. Oh, nice. And I would not have watched that probably, I, I don't know. I mean, it just wouldn't have naturally occurred to me to watch that. But it was like the only good one that we could all agree on. And dude, Actually, The Shawshank yeah. Redemption is one of the oh, best movies of so all good. time. Yeah, it really is. I love that movie. And it was so cool um, to, I don't know, it's just cool to kind of rediscover that just because that was the only option. You know what else is really good and in the, a similar vein to that movie is uh, The Green Mile. Did you ever ah, see that? So good. Yeah. yeah. Movie's I, it's awesome. It's been a long time since I've seen that, but I totally agree, man. I think it is almost harder to, um, oh crap, Nessa just let me know. I forgot to take the trash out. <laughs> Oops. Uh, it is almost harder to um, uh, find new stuff that's outside of your your normal i don't know if wheelhouse is the right word but your normal preferences of what you watch because it's yeah. surprising how many times i enjoy movies that are totally outside of my standard genres and i have only ever seen them because somebody else had it on or is on tv or yeah. something like that and uh you really have to hunt for stuff when you have everything available to you via an apple tv and, and every service that's out there yeah, and it actually kind of makes it. it a little harder um yeah and uh, actually, my most recent movie that I was kind of like, I'm sick of everything I've ever seen. I want to find something cool. Uh, I just started reading descriptions of movies, and um, mm -hmm. I found Westworld. And this was before it was even announced on HBO nice. as a TV show. And I was like, oh, this sounds really cool. So I watched Westworld, and I loved the movie. And uh, it was just a total random thing. I'd never heard of it. I just saw it was kind of a mid-'80s, I think it was 1984 yeah. uh, release. and a 80s uh, kind of cult movie. Yeah, cool description. And uh, it was so good. And then I freaked out when HBO three days later was like, we're going to make Westworld enjoy. <laughs> and, and then I kind of freaked out when they changed everything <laughs> from the movie. Yeah, it's, but they, it's, I, yeah. I just, I thought that both, yeah, both the movie and the, uh, and the TV show both are, are awesome. I think in totally different ways. Yeah. Agreed. Um, are you caught up? Did you, are you totally? Oh, yeah, of to, course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I watched I'm, it the day release. I, I'm totally caught up as well. <clears throat> Should we, discuss anything or i i don't i don't know i i really feel like you, people should have seen the end of westworld by now um well, i only just saw it like two days ago so i don't all right well then i think we should just my my just general feeling was just very satisfied uh with the ending i thought it was an amazing end uh that and nobody saw it coming either from because i i was following it me and nate and yeah. Benny and a bunch of other people have been kind of discussing it since day one, all the different theories and everything. And we had a pretty good idea of what the last episode was going to have, was going to have in it. Huh. And, okay. um, we were right about a decent amount of things, but nobody was right. Not one person was right about one particular, um, one particular I mean, we can, wrinkle. We can say here, spoilers up, up front, or, or may happen here. So if you've not seen it, hmm. skip a few minutes because I'm curious what what that particular is. What okay, well, see? spoiler alert um, is that it's that Robert Ford was actually working essentially for the robots and kind of giving up humanity to the robots, uh, to the hosts. 
Is that um, Anthony Hopkins character? Yeah, exactly. Anthony? Yeah. So no yeah. one, we all kind of thought that he was either like a little bit nefarious, um, or that he was, or that he was just a, a, a nice, you know, that he was an architect, um, that he was going to, um, that there were all kinds of theories about what he was because he played that role with unbelievable nuance, um, yeah. just incredible, uh, role. And he, and in the end, all his kind of diatribes throughout the series of him saying, you know, humanity, the humanity had its time, um, kind of, kind of words that, uh, nobody for, for whatever reason, not myself or anyone else that I could find put the pieces together that he was actually going to sacrifice his own life um, in support of freeing the hosts uh, into like their next level of consciousness so that they could kind of inherit the world from humans who have. So do you think he's the one that programmed the, the madam to, to escape? Because it was in her programming. Yes, he 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 programmed. He created a narrative loop for her yeah. to escape, and I think that that's it. He just it was escape, and then the end result is she's out, and he doesn't have. Yeah, a I'm trying narrative to actually. I can't quite remember for that after where because she ran off the train and went back into the lobby. Did right. we see what happened after that? I can't. No. So huh. the the kind of current thinking on that, as far as. I'm concerned. Well, as far as far as I can tell, is she was given a choice to go back and save her daughter somehow, um, or she was allowed to, you know, or she would be allowed to escape on the last train out of Westworld, um, and she chose to stay. I think that either one of those decisions was on her own. Yeah. So. Like she the, does have free her will now. Exactly. Her staying yeah. was not a result of a narrative that yeah. Ford was writing. It was as a result of her deciding, yeah. even though I know it's illogical, I'm going to go back and get my daughter kind of thing. Now, what did you think of Samurai World? <laughs> I thought I thought it was cool. I kind of figured that it would be, that that was just a little, um, a little, uh, Cool nod. factor nod to the movie, uh, which has a different, a bunch of different worlds in there. I don't know, man. I think, well, I mean, they're going to come back and make more seasons, right? Yeah. This wasn't there. Yeah. I, I think that it's, I think there's a much bigger picture here that they're going to play into mm. with all the other worlds because all you ever saw throughout this entire season was Anthony Hopkins and, and everybody involved with Westworld. Only. Correct. Yes. And if he was trying to make a, you know, super race of robots, I'm sure they would have had him in all the various worlds doing things. Like, mm -hmm. how do you, how do you set all this up and then say, Oh yeah, by the way, there's, you know, a bunch of other worlds, um, right. that the exact same thing is happening in like, that seems kind of strange. So yeah, exactly. I'm excited to see what they can do with that. I was, I was kind of thinking that when I saw that, Ooh, what if they have like little battles between them? Like Ooh. one side does have free will and then the other one doesn't. And Ooh. they like pit, pit them against each other in some way. That you could know, be interesting. That could be awesome. <laughs> well, at this point, the board of humans that controls the destiny of Westworld, uh, as a business strategy, um, are all dead. <laughs> they all got killed. Yeah, that's true. So they now, um, 
So now the hosts are running wild in what in the wild west. I just realized that <laughs> pun. Um, nice. And uh, we don't know what's going to happen. I I particular I kind of thought that Samurai World was both a nod and kind of a little bit of depth in that it's something that they're considering doing next after Westworld. So they're, they're, you know, ramping up their prototypes. You saw some samurai warriors fighting with each other. Oh, interesting. Um, and I thought that that was maybe that's my, my feeling was because we didn't see any other worlds. I thought, well, maybe this is just the next thing because if, if there's a whole bunch of other worlds, then I kind of feel like this whole narrative of Westworld of Anthony Hopkins being this genius who, uh, and Arnold being also being a genius that, um, came up with all these, you know, these algorithms and everything. It seems weird that there would be more than one of those kind of genius architects. I designing agree, but, something but in another she did world. ask, she did, the uh, madam character did ask uh, the Asian guy helping her out, the tech guy, like, mm-hmm. what, what is this? And he, he did say it's, it's complicated. That's all he said. Right. He didn't say, cool. you know, this is, this is a, t- this is just prototypes. This is a test. It's, uh, you know, it's complicated. I think leaves the door pretty wide open. Oh for, yeah. For a lot. And, um, and in my opinion, this just goes to show. This really solidifies if you if you were on the fence before that Jonathan Nolan is a genius, and also and Lisa <laughs> yeah. Joy it has his wife has who's a co writer of of almost all the episodes. I think um, she I helps him. That. That's cool. Yeah, so it's a husband and wife writing team. Um, they are both. They are just fantastic, and I, I just can't. I just was blown away by the end. I was like, this is a perfect ending. I could not have imagined a better ending than this. It was so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. I'm glad you liked it. I definitely did. I'm, I'm not sure that I'm like game of Thrones level interested in what's going to happen, but, uh, I do, I do really. And I, and I kind of want to rewatch it. I feel like they really set things up to pay off way further down the line. And I love when, uh, shows and you know occasional movies do that because mm-hmm. I just feel like there's this grand vision and it really is as smart as you think it is. Yeah, um, you know, instead of this whole Star Wars thing where people are trying to invent genius out of George Lucas. Exactly. Like, Don't think it's there, guys. I think these are at best coincidences and not. Uh, yeah, yeah, not him being a. mythical storytelling genius across nine films or something. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. Also, I I just have to say one last thing, which is that, um, if you've, if you've seen the last episode, you, there's just, my favorite part of it is (laughs) the like Terminator scene. Oh, sorry. I'm talking about Westworld again. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, was that, um, the, there's this Terminator scene where the two kind of, assassin robots just go around just mowing people down and i thought that it was like so cool because it was like straight (laughs) out of terminator and i was like guys this is terminator and it was kind of obvious i think they they were trying to make it a little like less than subtle that it was like a terminator reference now did they ever explain so i i did after hearing somebody maybe you or somebody mention 
the possibility. I was like, oh yeah, that's exactly what's going on with mm-hmm. uh, William being the concurrent timelines, yeah, uh, or the parallel time or what? Mm-hmm. No, not parallel, but parallel in the show. Like him being old was a different time, yeah, than just different time, younger. Mm-hmm. And uh, did they ever explain why the uh, lead character? I don't know any character's name, so we'll just say the blonde woman. Mm-hmm. Um, his Dolores. love interest, whatever, Dolores. Yes, did they ever explain why she? couldn't rem or why she was able to remember eventually i don't know i'm sure they did and i just kind of missed it but it seemed weird to me that she was jumping around i guess i guess what i was confused by that they later explained was that when they have memories they actually experience them like they're in virtual reality or something right. like they're in it it's in and it. that was that was very confusing with the you know the the first town being buried in sand and then uh Right, earlier not being buried in sand and all that it got a little thick for me. I, I gotta, I gotta watch. It if again. you rewatch it again, you should be able to differentiate what timelines things are are happening on. Because um, yeah. what that, to- what that is, <laughs> I think, as far as I know, is Dolores was actually that entire timeline was occurring in her head as she was finding her way to the maze, gotcha. to the center of the maze. Cool. So she's able to remember everything um, as she's walking through and actually retracing her steps. Cause there are yeah. certain times where the camera pans out and she's actually alone. Yeah. And I you're noticed. like, yeah, what? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and see. yeah. So that's, that's how I kind of interpreted that. Got it. That yeah, does make a lot more sense. It was um, really, really cool. Uh, I love that. That kind of reveal stuff, that trickery in yeah. storytelling is awesome. Yeah, no. um, and I'd love to see what happened to his uh, his future brother-in-law that he sent riding Me off too. the edge. Because yeah. what happens when you get to the edge of the park? I'm really curious. Like, they were right there, and then he just sent him off even further. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? I don't know. Um, yeah. It's a good show. Uh, maybe he'll good end show. up in Samurai World or something. That would be awesome. I would love Samurai World. As but in, as the, mo- that, in the movie, they, I don't think they had Samurai World. I think in the movie, the big uh, secondary world that when things kind of collided was the uh rome it was yes. like, like roman yep. yeah and there were nods to the rome world too uh during that there was like an orgy scene at one point um and oh, i missed that and oh. i think it was like episode four or five or something where everybody's covered in gold and everything that was in my opinion definitely a reference to like the rome world but Weird. Uh, anyway that's that's kind of yeah that's nuance right there <laughs> yeah cool well, um, so it, sorry, I was I was just going to change subjects to our main point of today, which I was going to work. S- you got to work on your segue skills. I I do I do. So um, how about those? Uh, how about those Facebook comments? Um, <laughs> I know. So, uh, I, half I guess, the time, this thread spiraled into five hundred plus comments about this silly topic. Well, it's not that silly; it's serious, but it was it was pretty interesting. And half the time, I just wanted to refer people to our podcast, the one about internet comments, because <laughs> <laughs> it was such a glaring example of exactly how those things play out in the way that we described so, in that episode. Yeah. So, okay. Um, before we get into this, I I want to ask. So, what we're gonna? So, he, my question is. Uh, I noticed that there was a thread that, well, you basically posted a comment saying that I deleted the last thread. I didn't read it. So 
Oh, um, I said I hit, I hit it from. I didn't. I didn't want to delete it. Sure, I didn't did, want to do. I didn't have any idea that the thread that I posted on Christmas Eve day was going to be such a distraction and such a a back and forth and a debate that I. I, I needed it off th- for Christmas Day, so I hid it. I, I just made it, you know, change the privacy settings gotcha. for the day. So, yeah. can you tell me? Um, because I, we have not discussed this yet um, together. But what did you, what did you S- write, S- and <laughs> why was it controversial? Because at this point, you're starting to get a little bit um, known for posting whatever you want. <laughs> on Facebook and it kind of spiraling into a crazy debate. So um, not that that's bad. In fact, that I kind of think that that's awesome. Uh, But what do you, what did you say? uh, And what kind of response did you get? Yeah. And now I'm just doing it by accident because I just didn't (laughs) think it was going to be that big a deal. I kind of figured most people had probably already knew it before even I did. But Uh um, over the past uh, couple months, I've, um, been hearing more and more about photographers selling presets and I'm like, okay, that's whatever. Photographers have always done that. It's every year people freak out about workshops too. It's like, there's so many workshops. The workshop market is oversaturated. And that was the exact same thing I remember hearing when I started doing workshops. Cause I remember mm-hmm. deeply questioning whether it was even worth it for me to try because there were so many workshops all the time. And this is nothing new with presets, but, um, you know, everyone knows that Visco is a, is a huge preset company, but what Visco creates and sells to people are presets and preset uh, and, and custom profiles that have been, you know, created and molded and, and made to lay as the foundation of the actual preset settings with sliders and tone curves and all that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Visco, you know, is selling some intellectual property, I would say, or has some intellectual property that is unique to them. I'm kind of shocked that they were able to specifically name films and film stocks and stuff that they're emulating without getting in trouble from those companies. But let's bar that for a second. Visco has these custom profiles. So what happens now is that people are selling their, not not everyone, but many people that I've found uh, sell their own presets with the Visco profiles required as the base. Gotcha. Um, and so what's upsetting about that is one that seems sort of like stealing the intellectual property of Visco. And two, it's never said in the materials or the marketing that that's, you um, must have Visco. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, but, but before that, I, I was just noticing, um, across literally six different photographers uh, that in the marketing materials that they would include, like, hey, this is a photo that was edited with this preset. Um, It wasn't. Like, even if they were using that preset as a starting point, that photo had been edited further or altered in in an additional way um, from the preset. So that is where I was most upset to begin with, was like the marketing materials do not match up to the presets that they're actually selling. Um, And then later uh diving even further into the fact that that the visco profiles were often being used as the base for the whole thing so not everybody's doing this and that's fine i don't have anything against selling presets and that's where the conversation and the comments kind of diverged i think everybody was not everybody but many people uh who started to debate it were thinking i was saying you know selling presets is bad like everybody's like this is this is not something that should happen or something i'm not saying that at all i'm saying that if you're selling presets um you need to be 
very clear and honest about what's happening. And honest, and I think that the best way to do that would be to include raw files in the zip file stuff that you're, you know, giving people with a download link so they can apply that exact preset to your raw file and see the end result as it's, right. you know, meant to be in the marketing materials. Um, and uh, anyway, that that, that's, yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of turns that it seemed the comments took. Another one was, um, uh, you know, oh crap, lost my train of thought. But um, it, as you can imagine, it, it just kind of spilled out. And, and as people got a little more off topic, uh, people got more and more entrenched in, their side debates and so sure. it just went on and on and at the end of the day i don't know why anybody would ever disagree with me saying hey you know people are selling something that's not matching up with the marketing materials that's not okay i'm pretty sure that that's a universally <laughs> agreeable right. stance uh and so i was really surprised that it, it blew up the way that it did but it, it all came down to people just not reading uh you know my original post clearly and and just diverging off of what other people said um and making assumptions and all this stuff it was crazy so um i guess a couple of um couple of questions that i have um you know hearing this for the first time is do you think that it's inherently bad to base your presets off of visco so that actually is a great question because the more i thought about it the more i I realized like you know what if they just said here are my presets you know hundred something bucks, whatever. Um, it requires this Visco pack for them to work. And, and, you know, they linked out to Visco for, for people to go buy it. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think I'd have a problem with that. I I think it's kind of lame. I think it feels a lot less boutique and custom buying these presets from somebody who then says, Oh, well, you know, to get the full effect, you need to go also have Visco. But I don't think I actually have a problem with that. The problem is when people don't say anything and it's just assumed that they will already have it. Or if they don't, um, nothing will match up and you just leave that unaddressed and, and kind of, right. So people usually think, you know, the big catch with presets, sorry to interrupt. I feel like is that when they don't look as good on people's own images, nine times out of 10, the photographers trying them out feel like it's something they're doing wrong, like, uh, on their end. And sometimes maybe it is because everyone, well, you should know that has nine, (laughs) nine times out of 10, it has more to do with the lighting than it does, not just the color temperature, but the actual quality of light, uh, hitting your subject than it does with your actual post-processing to get good skin tones. And, uh, but the other one out of 10 times, it, it's, it's not that it's the preset not being applied properly. And photographers just assume it's something they're doing wrong or it's something inherently wrong in their work. That's the problem. Not that, oh, I should, I should have had the Visco profile pack to start with or whatever, because it's never addressed or talked about. And so anyway, that's my opinion on it. Gotcha. So, um, do you, do you think that people are getting these presets um, or I guess, or were there people that you found that got these, got presets that were based on, that needed to be based on Visco that didn't have Visco that were complaining that it weren't, wasn't looking right? Oh yeah, definitely. Oh really? Definitely. And after this thread opened up, I got a ton of messages from people saying that uh, ah. more than, more than I had already seen. Yeah. That was a thing happening for sure. So that's, um, yeah, that is an issue then. I did. I, I guess if there was nobody complaining about it, it wouldn't be an issue. Um, yeah. But, and, and, and at the, yeah. at the end of the day, even if they weren't complaining, even if they were good enough the way they were, they, mm-hmm. it's still inherently messed up that what you are getting as the end result doesn't match the marketing. Oh, I'm talking, and yeah. I'm talking about like clear divergence from the, the, 
the tone curve, like where they're crushing the highlights versus where they're crushing the blacks, just being wildly different. Oh, yeah. uh, saying that it's the same preset, like that's that's really hard to, like I don't know how that could be possible basically yeah. uh, unless you're just making that up and it makes sense that photographers wouldn't really want to give away a hundred percent of what they're doing to everybody for 50 bucks or whatever you know I, right. it makes sense and uh somebody who was it susan stripling a really well-known established photographer chimed in for like a minute and uh i was really bummed that she didn't seem to engage a little more because i think she had assumed something different she said you know i don't see what's wrong with photographers selling presets that they don't use anymore i think she was pulling from the line that i said there's evidence that photographers are selling presets they're not actually using right but in addition to that line i said even on the marketing materials included with the presets and and i think it's totally fine to sell presets that you no longer use anymore oh, oh, absolutely or you used to use. yeah yeah it, it, it doesn't matter i mean it kind of sucks um that you know what you're seeing in somebody's active feed isn't what you're getting when you buy their new presets that they just right. released but, but i could still see a justification for that sure if you if you want that but, look you know if, if it was like if this was like nathan mitchell photography's like 19 you know or like 2011 look uh, which was like super contrasty, and that's yeah. what you're really into, then maybe you can buy that kind of thing. Well, I mean, the problem is that nobody is really upfront about, like, I, like this is what I used last year. You know, it's like, here are right. my new presets. And then you just see how they look. And anyway, it, it's um, unfortunate that she, I, she probably, I think, muted the thread after she was just like, I can't debate people on this anymore. No one's minds are ever changed on the internet. Right. And I wanted to be like, no, I'm not saying that you can't, um, you know, sell presets you no longer use anymore or don't use them the most. I'm saying, you know, don't sell presets that are different from what's in the marketing materials. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or that have profiles made by other companies. Um, Unless you're honest and, and up forward about it. You know, it's a prerequisite. I'd be curious to see what Visco uh, says in their terms of use when you download their stuff. If they even address, like, don't you can't sell presets based off of our profiles or something like that. I would be surprised if they could actually do that legally. Because in my mind, it's a lot like, you know, Windows and Lightroom. Like, to, to run Lightroom, you have to have a Windows machine. Sure. You have to have a Mac OS X machine. But they're very clear about that as a listed requirement. You yeah. Know? Mm -hmm. But again, I, I think, think it, it takes yeah. away the boutique kind of custom feeling of these presets when you put that layer of requirement. Now, I'm sure somebody will. Um, this is this is a common question posed on the internet. Um, but why should I care? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's the that's, other thing. Is that's that my question. It's. I've, I was asked that a few times, and other people were asked that as well. And um, is this a big deal? Um, I guess I, is is apparently it is. Like that's the other thing. It's like being that people are this up in arms about it on one side or the other of the uh, the discussion tells me that it is a big deal. I had no idea that it would be, but um, I mean that speaks to me in a way that just by evidence of how engaged people got in the debate and the discussion, like, yeah, it is worth pointing out and mm -hmm. making people aware of. And I don't want to like call out photographers that, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe it's their first preset pack that they ever made. And maybe they didn't know, honestly, which would be 
ridiculous, but maybe they honestly didn't know that like, oh crap, I was using the Visco profile on this. You know, I find yeah. it hard to believe, but maybe that's the case. Like these are a I lot of see times that very, very newer photographers or, and I, I found it in a couple really old established photographers too. So it's, it spreads the spectrum and I'm not trying to like call people out. And everybody was like, well, why bring this up? You're just doing this for interaction. And I always go back to listen guys, if, or, and ladies, <laughs> if, if there's anything that I want to get a lot of interaction on, I would, I would not post it in my personal facebook page i would post yeah. it on my public facing like huge business page yeah uh that have a lot more followers and a lot more potential for you know engagement yeah and interaction yeah i would not post it on my personal feed and uh and i just get very upset with people telling me what i need to and and need not do i'm fine just bringing awareness to to look out for this is something that may be occurring um and leaving it at that i'm not trying to make a you know expose on my blog of (laughs) all these although i do think it would be really interesting for somebody to write up much the way that photographers write up uh, lens reviews and people review villain howell reviews visco presets all the time the new packs that come out to actually buy photographer's stuff and review it but it's such a personal thing when it's tied to someone's yeah. name that uh, any criticism, you're on the risk of really ruining a relationship, which yeah. sucks. But like if I wrote an awesome like article that got a ton of interaction on how like Sam Hurd's like newest preset was just terrible. Well, and I've experienced some of this, not because I do presets, but because of my workshops. And I have a page on this website f- specifically for workshop reviews that... Um, I have my workshop up and, and unfortunately every time that somebody's left a critical review of my workshop, which is thankfully very rare, but mm-hmm. there's been a few, they never leave their actual name and contact information. And I feel like that's a huge problem. Like mm-hmm. it could be somebody who didn't actually attend my workshop or it could, it could be somebody whose problem I would love to address yeah. and like get Absolutely. at and that's reach out to, just exactly. to make, to, and, and these people, whoever they are, I have no uh, no idea, and they've never reached out to me, you know, post workshop to be like, hey, you know, I actually did have a confusing point, or you didn't do this, or and you know, I stress that at the end of the workshops, like, please reach out to me directly, reach out to other workshop attendees who maybe do remember the thing that you've forgotten, and or whatever. Um, yeah, that that's that's a real problem. Like, if you're going to be critical, you need to own it but at the same time yeah for a lot of photographers you probably run the risk of ruining the relationship and i wish people would realize that for me it's i'm open to critique that's totally fine and i'm not going to hate you for having something critical to say i would just like to know you know who you are just so that i can address it and and make it right and i would hope that photographers if they had their presets reviewed would would be similar but you know there's always that fear so people just don't but um Anyway, it's it's been a really interesting topic to read, and I ignored a lot of the comments after a while because people just started getting into subtopics of, uh, you know, well, you shouldn't outsource your po- your post processing either, then like at all, and you shouldn't outsource anything if it's right. something you don't say. It's like, well, that's not the same thing at all. Right. <laughs> like, come on, that's anyway, yeah. And then th- yeah. then it started to get into like, well, is it, a preset that puts in waterfalls and mountains and stuff like that. It's like, guys, come on. You know? Yeah. Yes. Well, that's, that's how almost all internet debates go. They, they start, they start with a, a question. They continue on with pure anger and hatred. And then they end with just people laughing at each other. Um, yeah. not in a good way. 
I, I forgot the rule. There's a name for it. We're all internet. Given enough time, all internet debates will um, eventually tie back to Hitler. <laughs> and uh, I feel like <laughs> I think the that's next true, actually. four years, for the next four years, I think it won't be Hitler. I think it'll be Trump. It'll be Trump. That yep. it goes back to. And uh, and that did happen. It, it somehow got back to Trump. <laughs> oh, yeah. I saw, yeah, I saw a few, I remember exactly few Trumps why, on there. Yeah, it's like, okay, we've reached that point. There was this one. Over. Yeah, there's one I, I'm looking at now that's like, turns Trump into Jesus, I think. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah, I don't even know, man. Um, it's it's whatever. Uh, so, um, were you to pen the... Uh, you have the same thought again, would you, in the past, would you would you write the comment? I mean, would you oh, start definitely. write yeah, the post? But I, I, I edited my post as I realized it needed more for clarification and additional um, insight up front, and I wish I had made that from the get-go. Uh, or maybe made it a little bit more concise of a statement so that people understood right. more e- more easily what what I was really upset about. Um, not just photographers selling presets, like that's fine. Gotcha. Um, but people falsely selling presets is the, the real issue. So anyway, um, yeah. What 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 is your opinion on all this? You've been asking me, but I'm curious. I don't think you've really said. Do you think it's okay for photographers to sell presets based on Visco if they're upfront about it? Like, is that all? Um, I, I kind of think so. I think that it's, it's sort of fine. I don't, my problem is as kind of a purist, I don't, I just don't love the idea of Visco in general. Um, I think that I, I just, and I'm only saying that just because I really feel like you should st- if you're going to use Visco, maybe it should be after you've been shooting a lot for like many years, like three or four years. And if it's something where you're like, that's the look that I'm really going for. Um, that's what I want to be about. Sure. Fine. Get it. But I think that it really pays to, um, this is just my advice, I, I guess, or my opinion. Um, but it, I think that it pays to kind of go through um, the gauntlet of experience and trying your own uh, hand at editing um, before you outsource it to Visco, which is essentially what you're doing, um, mm-hmm. and uh, or outsourcing it to another person's preset that you find interesting. Uh, I don't actually, I don't in- actually think that there's anything inherently wrong with it. Visco is you know, has found a way to, um, to kind of capitalize on, um, you know, on, 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 on Lightroom and nostalgia and on, on photographers looking for a particular look. Uh, I don't, I don't know if there's anything really honestly wrong with that. Um, but I think that just as, just as, as a, to photographers that are starting, um, I think that, the better move is to try to create a look that works for you. That's unique to you. Um, before, you know, going and grabbing something that looks honestly like everything else. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think that, I don't know, you can make the argument that just doing everything out of camera and then doing your own preset is just going (laughs) along with what everybody else is doing as well. But I think that, being true to yourself and being and being real with how you want your photos to look is the most important thing. 
if that ends, if that means you really want Visco presets or you want some, you know, Sam Hurd preset or whatever, um, not that not you sell even presets. sell, not that you <laughs> yeah. sell presets, um, but, um, you know, then fine. But I, I like the idea of, of trying it yourself first. Well, it's funny to me just how similar so many things in the photography world are to the to the audio world. And believe me, Absolutely. there are infinite number of presets to be sold in the audio world. And uh, the equivalent of probably, you know, a hundred different companies that are exactly what Visco are to the photography world mm-hmm. in the audio world. There's oh, just, yeah. it's, it's huge. And um, what I've always felt is that if you're especially starting early on presets and um, plugins and, and stuff where a lot of the work is done for you up to a certain point, whether it's done well or appropriately is totally different, but something has changed automatically mm-hmm. uh, for you is a really good way to learn and, and actually okay. start to figure things out. Like, you know, a lot of these amp simulators that exist, they are meant to emulate classic old sounds. And I have a guitar that will literally emulate tons of different guitar sounds. And sure. to sit down and write, you know, in, in, within one second to another, change the tone, the tonality, and the character of a guitar from like a Gibson to a Fender or, you know, a Les Paul to an SG or something, like all these different body types um, is so great for learning like sure, it what, is show you what's happening. out there yeah, yeah. It, without actually having to have access to 50 different guitars hanging on a wall all at once mm-hmm. and uh, same with amps same with microphones and all that now whether it does a good job actually emulating that look is a completely different story it gets you in the ballpark of understanding okay this is sort of the direction that this guitar is going to have versus another and i think that's really valuable but like you i totally agree and think it's important that when it comes to building your own look or sound or style mm-hmm. like take all that understanding take all that dissection of what these presets have done and changed and start from scratch with your sure. own uh, as as much as you possibly can see what you like from maybe a dozen different presets and and make that into one super preset or uh, yeah. or whatever but what's lost in a lot of people is that is i think oftentimes one preset's not working for this particular photo or light source or subject they'll just try another one and it's a bit of a guessing game because they don't actually know what is being changed on like a on a granular right. level right at every single every single setting and uh and when you're in that guessing game um it's hard to know what to fix it's hard to even know what to fix in the making of the original picture oh, as yeah. the photographer <laughs> you know when you're setting it up like out in the real world not even with the editing it's it, it's it all ties together and it's really fascinating but you know i, I yeah I, I am a fan of having as much control as possible even if it's slight, sure. uh, you know, it all adds up when you get the full stack of the whole process and, and it results in a very different um, final result if you've had some control over every single layer in the process. Right, and, and I feel like I can tell um, on a certain level like what what photographers go through that extra mile of trying to really nail down everything about the look of their photo um, that... And they maintain, like, absolute control um, of, like, all their, you know, I I just feel like I can tell the quality um, in in that type of shot that, whereas I could see, you know, potentially a hundred or a thousand images on 
you know, particular, you know, certain, um, Facebook feed. Actually, I don't think I, I, I care about naming Facebook feed names. I, I feel like looks like film, uh, can, has like, you know, tens of thousands of members. And I feel like I see tens of thousands of the exact same photo. Yeah. Um, and I sure. feel like, and, and every now and then I see one that's just amazing and I yeah. love it. Um, and I can tell that there are people out there that are just doing what they, you know, what, what they think is fine. And then there's people that are really trying to make, you know, stunning images. And I think that, uh, I don't know, just, just kind of putting in real extra effort, um, going, working harder, always trying to improve is the best, uh, the, the best thing you can do. If that means starting, maybe if that means starting with Visco and see and going from there, maybe that's fine. Um, but I, I would not advocate settling, um, you know, too hard on any one thing. But I mean, for instance, for me, I remember like I, I got Visco, I think like three or four years, uh, into, uh, my career. And, um, I, I think I, I used it. I think I actually used it on one wedding. I like just did the whole wedding like that. And it was in like, it was the first Visco thing. It was like, uh, just standard Kodak 400 look. Um, okay. and after I, after I was through editing it and I, and I went back and, you know, was looking at the next wedding, it was like, I'm not doing that again. Just, yeah. I, I, I see what I was going for there. Um, and I didn't like it. And I moved on from that. And I think that that was, you know, it's a positive experience to actually, you know, use it and see, you know, see what I liked about it and what I didn't like. And what I will say is that they do a damn good job of emulating film. Like, it looks yeah. identical. Like, <laughs> so yeah. I, that I, I definitely give them credit for. But really, again, I think that Visco is kind of a tool, um, just like... Yeah anything else that we're using to create images. Uh, so using that tool correctly can be good and using it incorrectly can be kind of lame. Yeah. So. It's always fascinating to me how this all sort of ties back to how much, how much distinction is required or socially mm-hmm. acceptable before something is, you you know, unique enough to, to sell as sure. at a profit. Like you've done enough work. I, I always wonder about that because there's so many question. overlapping ideas that uh are kind of required but at what point is it its own thing it's mm-hmm. it's really fast it's actually that could be a good idea for like a whole podcast thing episode it's <laughs> just about well i've often thought about it with that. like my workshop stuff because sure. you know uh, the the format of the day is very similar to some other workshops and some of the topics i talk about are similar but there's enough things that are uniquely my own in the way that i operate my business and process my images and, and shoot and everything that, um, you know, I'm morally fine, um, doing it. And, and that's not a problem for me, but I could see other photographers being a little too similar to me and it not being cool, you know? And, and it's like, it's so funny to think about how that is what it is. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, I don't Very even know how you would have a discussion beyond what we just said about it. <laughs> it's like, oh, we is oh, there I a can, chart? Can you I, chart it out somehow and end up with like a? Uh, uh, you're twenty know. points off of what this original source was, so you're fine to sell it as your own thing. You know, like it's yeah, I don't know. Oh, dude, really I, I could I could have a conversation all day about that. 
originality. Yeah. What is it? <laughs> Go. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently nothing's original anymore, which mm. I totally disagree with, but whatever. That's my there, There's also the argument that, well, I was going to say there's the argument that absolutely nothing is original. There's no such thing as originality. Well, I don't, I don't know how that could be completely true because every single person everything. that exists is a unique culmination of their experiences. So That's, it has to be, but again, it, it may be unique, but it's not. You but it's always enough. based it's always based on something else even well, your course. language that you use is based on what you've already learned so you could i'm just saying you could go we could go for a whole okay. day on this <laughs> well, i don't think Layers. you see that but i did think it was funny that somebody did say like even you sam don't divulge the full extent of your post-processing in your in your workshop so i was like oh what <laughs> i definitely do maybe maybe not at that time was it exactly what i'm doing now or you know i try stuff from time to time that is something i'll try for a few weeks that i don't do on a regular enough basis to, sure. to feel like i need to put it in my workshops um but uh i was i was very on top of that person, I don't even remember who it was. So I was like, no, I, 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 I'm an open book. Like there's, there's nothing that, uh, you know, you don't have time to discuss every single thing that I've ever tried <laughs> in a photo, right. but as a day to day, this is what you know me for. Like I'm very transparent about that. That's good. But that's the double-edged sword with workshops is that what I was teaching four years ago is different than what I'm teaching now because I've evolved. Yeah. And so if you've, which is a good not thing. Not been to my workshop in four years. Yeah, which is totally natural. I think that's, you know, by the very nature of that, uh, I'm going to be different in some extreme ways and different in subtle ways and exactly the same in others. Like, it, you know, it's it's an evolution uh, workshops. Very different than a finite set of presets and settings that you're selling somebody that's wildly different from the marketing materials that you're including with them. <laughs> like, right. I think those are two completely different things. So anyway, that's just my opinion on it. But So... Um, <laughs> Next Sorry, week, I have a cold. Next Ooh. week, Rogue One, a discussion will occur. Yeah, we should we should make that a little uh, project for anybody that hasn't seen it yet. Go see it, and uh, it'd be Go cool to tie it. Ryan Brenizer into the talk since he was <laughs> our guest speaker last year for that Force Awakens. Um, yeah, I will say for me, uh, Force Awakens was superior to Rogue One um, right out of the gate. Uh, maybe that'll change. I don't know. Yeah. I've, but, I've I've seen it twice and um, I liked it, uh, but we'll 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 get into we'll get into it uh, at a later time. Next time, I'm going to send you a funny picture real fast. Look how okay. awesome this guy is in my photo. It's okay. actually not even that funny, but young love versus not versus just okay. being alone forever. Hmm. Oh, there it is. Let's see here. I think I should just keep him in the shot. <laughs> just keep him in the shot. So I'm looking <laughs> at a photo of uh, a couple, uh, a young couple in love walking down a street in looks like Old Town. And um, there's a, a dude, messenger bag dude looking right at him with this scowling look on his face. Yeah. Like, what is this? What is going on here? And um, Doesn't the, the guy, the... My groom uh, look like Chris Caraba a little bit. He does kind of look like he's got a Chris Caraba look. He's got the he's got that hair slicked back hair looking thing. Yeah, going on. he's got his hair, but exactly. he's taller like than the girl, shape. so that doesn't yeah. look like Chris, Chris Caraba. Caraba. Is a short, he's short man. Short. Yeah. 
Uh, well, cool. All right. Well, um, oh, I did have a list of things I got for Christmas I want to talk about just because they're really cool. Oh, yeah, go closing. ahead. Please. Um, also, Merry Christmas. I gave you my free TV. So oh, yeah. Thank you. should know that. Thank you. Uh, uh, I bought Merry a Christmas TV from Best Buy online for a workshop because I thought I would need it. Went and picked it up, and they didn't mark it as being picked up. So um, when I went back to the store to return the TV, because I only needed it for a day, they said, uh, it hasn't been marked as picked up. So you can just leave now. Have a free <laughs> TV, basically. And I was like, oh, cool. So I, I didn't need a free TV. So Nathan. So and, now uh, I, now uh, I yeah, do have a free TV. Yeah. Merry Christmas uh, to me. I got this really cool thing called the Right Cup. And it's a Kickstarter campaign, of course, that finally shipped. And it's a cup that has um, on the lip lining where you, you know, your mouth meets the cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got these flavors that what? affect what you're smelling and don't really affect what you're tasting, but just a little bit. And so you put, you fill the cup with water, just plain old water. And it tricks your brain into flavoring the water without what? actually adding any flavor, um, this scent or this this effect. Uh, and it actually works. It's really cool. It's called the Right Cup. And I got four different flavors of cola and <laughs> orange and bizarre. apple. And you just put water in it and then you drink it and it tastes like apple flavored water. Um, and Weird. for the cola one, you can put in sparkling water and it tastes like a Coke. It's really bizarre. And it's just playing tricks on your mind. So you kind of have to be willing. <laughs> to accept it and don't don't analyze too closely what you're doing and it it's totally convincing it's really cool that's awesome uh, yeah i was really excited that it's the cool thing about kickstarter you back things and three years later they show up at your door and you're like oh yeah i can't wait to try this <laughs> that's awesome yeah half the time they never show up but that's okay nice what else did you get yeah. i got apple airpods I'm really happy with those. Cool. Um, I'm still going to wear my earrings for weddings and receptions. Cause yeah. Those are wireless Bluetooth headphones that actually create a foam seal similar to an earplug. AirPods are just like the Apple earpods with the wires that come with your phone. They have a lot of bleed from the outside noise. And I love that in airports and walking around right. uh, cities and stuff because I don't. I want to hear my surroundings a bit. And so they both have great applications that uh, it, it's justifiable for me to have to own both even though they're pretty expensive the earrins are like mm-hmm. one, 280 or something yeah and the apple ones are 170 so oh, okay. that's pretty pretty expensive yeah the apple ones were great the siri is ridiculous you're supposed to be able to tap twice on the side mm-hmm. of one of the does not work it, it'll enable siri it sort of works but siri is just as horrible as ever nothing changed with that so it's not very useful yeah, siri needs uh, an upgrade Oh my gosh, it's getting real bad. Especially yeah. with the, uh, I didn't get one, but a lot of my friends and family, somewhere, some gift was given with the Amazon Alexa. Alexa, yeah, and they say it's and amazing. So it's in like every house now that I've seen recently. And yeah. uh, it is really good. It always seems to know what you're saying. And if it doesn't, oh. if it's unable to complete the task, like it's not yeah. joke jokey and rude about it. It just is like straightforward and to the point, which is really nice. What I like about Alexa series. is that you can ask it questions and it will respond uh not with like for instance like what's the square root of you know 692 um it won't come up with like here are the first five google results for what is the square <laughs> yeah. root of 692 it'll just let tell me, you what let it me is. proceed to read you <laughs> yeah. would you <laughs> like to five? choose one of them no yeah no no yeah series only ever good in my opinion for commanding my uh home kit stuff like the lights and the right. 
like turn on and off a light, something very binary in the request. It's yeah. great. Um, but that's about it. <laughs> so, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, it's probably, we've gone really long on this. So yep. um curious if anybody's got some feedback that we overlooked or didn't address in the, in the comments. Um, I just got a wedding inquiry for a Tuesday. How strange is that? Oh, nice. That's a good one. A Tuesday in October. Mm. Oh, all right. Yeah, that's what that's what you need. The those Tuesday October ones. Yeah. There was I think we talked about this on the podcast once, but like a couple of years ago, I guess it was like, actually it was probably like three or four years ago at this point. We had me and you had between the two of us um that were shooting together, whether it was your weddings or mine, we were shooting I think it was like five or six weddings in six or seven days. Um, it was crazy. Yeah, it was in seven days. We had a double header weekend, a triple header weekend, and mm. some other wedding on like a Thursday have, or something. I think I blocked this from my memory. Oh, dude, it was epic. <laughs> <laughs> it was Jeez. epic. Yeah, this was, I think this was like maybe four or five years ago, actually, now that I think about it. But it was awesome. Oh, yeah. I think I maybe do remember that. Yeah. I, I do like the random weekday wedding. It feels like bonus money. It does. Like, oh, my God. A Thursday? This is great. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I can. I, I don't have to edit today. I can shoot. Woo. <laughs> like, yeah. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, all right. Well, um, I'll check you later. And right. uh, yeah, I've got, I actually have to get over to the studio in about a half hour to lay down some lines. Oh, okay. Yeah, the Prism's record continues. We need to start closing the podcast with some sample songs. Ooh, we See should. If we have any uh, uh, some Prism's fans? I don't think I have any any quite quite ready. That's okay. We'll get there next year. Maybe, maybe next next year. Yeah. Next year. All right. All right. Well, later on. All right. Later.